Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about the nail-biting extra-time win over Bordeaux in the Challenge Cup semi-final. The Bears nailed it in the added 20 minutes to send Bristol into its first ever European final. Happy times for Pat and the boys. But in this crazy season, we now face two league games in five days that will seal our final league position. Can we make the top four in the playoffs or will we fall just short? All this and more on today's show. I'm Tony and this week I'm joined on the phone by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, I don't know about you, I've just about come down from the high of Friday evening. What an amazing, historic evening that was for Bristol Bears. And let me come to uh, Pete first. Um, your, your, your thoughts on that uh, the, the overall game and the overall performance? Well, Tone, I, I'm with you. Heart rate was very high for a long time. Heart was in the mouth. I mean, it was kind of, it was a neutrals um, game, really, wasn't it? It was, um, it was a, it was a great game of rugby, but but uh, a little close to the bone for us. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I mean, it was a cross between oh la la and ole 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 half the time. But um, at the end of the day, the result was what mattered. I think. And, and Lee, let me come to you next. Um, was it, you know, were you concerned? It seemed that we've, we've got this habit of uh, letting teams get a head start. Um, it's a bit like cat and mouse, isn't it, really? Uh, you know, it, it, do we almost need that to kickstart uh, some of the players out there? Or, you know, are we going to come a cropper soon um, if we start giving teams that kind of lead early on? Well, I think it was. It definitely was a case of deja vu because I mean we we we've done this so often now, but eventually I think we will get caught. Um, and against Toulon, I think we we definitely need to be in front early. Um, but having said that, I would say we're going to talk enough about Bristol during the pod. I want to say full credit to Bordeaux because I mean they're a crack inside and they really are and you know they we were we were said that you know we were told their fitness levels wouldn't be up to scratch and you know they they brought their A game and I thought it was the best game that I've seen this season or watched from the TV this season um it just in terms of you know the physicality um the the technical nice everything was was just absolute class and Bordeaux are a fantastic side and you know it was it was great we got the win wasn't it wasn't it so and uh, a real nail biter Miles how how were your emotions uh, watching that on on Friday night yeah, it was sort of on the edge of the seat stuff. I mean, me and me and the Duchess were watching it, and you know, when we finally scored after that, um, I mean, I was cheering so loud, I woke the kids up, which <laughs> were, well, they weren't too happy about. But I mean, the tempo of the game was just phenomenal, and I just didn't expect Bordeaux to come along and play so well. I mean, they came here to win, and my goodness, they gave it a good go. So uh, I mean, I, I back back Lee up. They were just fantastic, and I think. You know, only at the end did our fitness comes through, and we managed to get a couple of tries. But good on them! I think they're going to, I think they're going to do really well in the league this year. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, they 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 had a fantastic season last season, and uh, when it got curtailed, they they were top of the pile. I mean, to me, it almost fa- felt like we we had an early sneak of what a Champions Cup game would be because I think certainly Bristol and Bordeaux uh, are those, those teams that will be uh, right there in the Champions Cup as well. Pete, back to you. Um, players that stood out and uh, maybe, you know, uh, with the, the, the great emotion and excitement, were there a few performances maybe that you thought were uh, a bit under par? Well, I think it's, it's a difficult one to judge because the first half, you know, we were a bit off off the pace and, and I don't think it was necessarily because we played particularly badly I think we were just you know, under a lot of pressure and Bordeaux really really went for it I mean they really dominated the breakdown in the first half and I think a lot of our forwards had to had to really think on their feet and you know maybe someone like Ben Earl who's had a, a bit of a purple patch for the last few few games you know really started to learn a bit about high level rugby which can only be a good thing for him um, so yeah, I mean, but we we you know we stuck in there again as uh, as Lee rightly pointed out. It seemed like it was deja vu all over again when we went thirty nil down. But um, yeah, we got. But but I kind of at that time, even then, I thought you know we have got some we've got some box office players here. Something will happen, and uh, and, and and then it did. So um, yeah, I think I mean obviously Max Malin's got given man of the match and. Yeah, I think that's, that was a, a reasonable shout because he is he does look very good when he's got the ball in hand. I mean, really good. And you could argue, and I tell you, it's almost a terrible thing and there might be people that might uh, slay me for it, but did we really miss Charles Piertel? Um But yeah, but uh, yeah, others as well. And there, there was kind of moments in the game that were... Were, were interesting as well as performances okay Lee let me come to you um, Harry Randall um, got the the nod ahead of uh, Uren for the number nine shirt for this game what did you make of his performance yeah I thought Randall was abs- was clinical off he you know the, the little kick through for for the try was fantastic I mean it was really bordering on forward wasn't it um but literally, I thought Randall did exactly what Randall does. Uh, you know, every every single time he plays for us, and I think that Pat knew he needed that kind of um, the quickness, the fastness from Randall. Um, and I, I just, I, I thought he was brilliant. I thought Randall was great. But for, I mean, Malins was was um, you know man of the match. But for me, it was Stephen Lewatour all day long. Absolutely, Captain Fantastic. He just did all the basics right as he always does. And I just thought, it's like, do we want anyone else in that position? Uh, well, the, no, I've, I've said on this podcast before, I, I think he will go down as a Bristol legend, um, uh, one of the greatest players to have played certainly in that position for the Bears, and if not for, for any position. And, and uh, uh, I, I just keep pinching myself that we're living through this you know these I I looked up I think three years ago um, we were probably just coming home from beating Bedford away Um, and look how far we've come three three years on um, instead of playing Bedford Blues in the championship we were playing Bordeaux Begley um, in the Challenge Cup quarter final Um, and same same with with Luatua as well you know when we signed him there was this suggestion that he blows hot and cold Mm. but 
I seriously, have we ever seen him blow cold in any game that he's played for us? Like, literally, it's never happened, has it? Uh, I certainly can't remember it. Miles, your your thoughts? Any any particular performances that uh, individual performances that stood out for you? I, mean, I think a couple really. Pete and I were chatting about this this morning. We had a little cheeky paddle on the docks, and and, and we were just saying the lads in the engine room, Dewey and Holmes, uh, were just stunning. I mean, they played fantastically. Holmes carrying the ball, his speed, and, and, and same with Vui. I thought, you know, those two, they're a bit underrated. But again and again, we always say how well they play. So I think, that, yeah, I think Vui and Holmes were, were just great, along with a lot of other people, of course. Can I can I just come in there, Tone? Uh, just a couple of things. Yeah. Um, I, 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 far be it from me to disagree <laughs> with my esteemed colleagues. And I don't disagree <laughs> with them at all, but I, I might just qualify a couple of their statements. Um Lee, I, I thought Randall grew into the game quite well, but I did think he had a pretty, a pretty dodgy first 20 minutes or so. There was a time in the first half where I he did two box kicks that almost went backwards. And and I'm, I'm not this is not a criticism, but and I, there was just for a split second, I thought he might have lost his confidence because I felt he was getting it. He was a bit slow to the breakdown, and um, you know I felt as though maybe the occasion was just starting to get to him because he was basically seeing the, their pack winning at the breakdown, getting you know slowing the ball down, getting him exposed. But and I did, I genuinely did think I wonder whether Pat's going to substitute him, but full credit. I thought he then played fantastically in the second half and, and showed what he, what he is, which you absolutely said was, you know, he's got zip and he was quick and he's, you know, and he is good. But I just for a split second had this feeling that he, he almost lost it. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I was going to say, I think it's a bit harsh to say... Um, um is underrated Miles. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think Vui is gets plaudits pretty much every time he plays. I think you could argue that Holmes goes under the radar a little bit. Yeah, um, maybe. But, and we have been bigging Holmes up quite a lot recently. Um, there was one moment in the game where it it was spun wide and he was out on the wing and he, he suddenly opened his legs. He looked like a thoroughbred. But um I think the point you make of Miles is very good. I mean they they I think you've got a put it in the context that our forwards had a bit of a schooling in the first half and they found a way back into the game uh, when when it was really difficult they were you know they were really finding it hard at the breakdown and um, and then in, but in the second half you know their fitness and their and as uh, and their uh, you know their belief kind of showed and then they they you know we ended up I'd say there's, I mean we did win the set you know we were better in the second half I think even though they went down to 14 I still felt we were always had the edge but um, so just to, just a hundred percent agree with you boys, but just a little bit of qualification there. <laughs> and I think that well justified as well. I mean, um, Randall did definitely had to he, he had to acclimatise, you know, in that first half. But I think the beauty of it was he did. Um, yeah, exactly. And, That's and it point. shows that he is at that level. So uh, yeah. com- fair comment, Pete. Fair I don't comment. think he's. I, I mean, I don't think he's faced. That's going to be one of the best oppositions he's faced in his career. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he's obviously he's faced Exeter and Saracens, but I think you know they're even though they're really good, they're a kind of known quantity. But he's you know this was a big game for him, and I think you know on balance he it was very you know he came out of it really well. But but we'll see. He had some testing times, and I think that's you know every kind of every player needs to go through those testing yeah. times to get get through it, don't they? And 
and gain that experience, the learnings, as, as Pat always tells us. Like, it's like miles in the early days of the pod, wasn't it? Or even now. Even in the latter days of the pod. Well, let, 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 let's move on, because one of the things I wanted to uh, get your views on, and I'll, I'll come to Miles so we can get a, a word in, um, you know, if any any team regardless of what sport i always think needs a little bit of luck to to get through and win a final um and miles i want to get your thoughts because um the bordeaux fly half what was he called jelly bear i think Jelly Bear, yeah. Um, yeah, I prefer Jelly Bear. That that sounds more West Country. Um, he he was absolutely outstanding, I thought, until he went off injured. And I just wonder, you know, how big a changing point that was for the game. Because if he played the full 80 minutes, uh, it certainly would have been a lot more difficult, I think, for uh, for Bristol. Your Your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Pete. I, I think, I mean, you know, taking nothing away from Bristol, I think he was the man of the moment for pretty much most of the game he was on. He obviously um, scored that Petri try where he sidestepped Malins, who, you know, got fell off the tackle, unfortunately, uh, and was just a pest. His kicking was amazing and on point. And he was just brilliant. I think, you know, we watched the game last weekend and we knew he was going to come and cause trouble. And he did for the whole match. So... I was slightly pleased, you know, to be seeing his, his calf being strapped at about 43 minutes and then not to come back on. Yeah, so, so I agree. It, it certainly was a bit of luck. It may have just changed our fortune toward the end, really. So, um, yeah, a, a bit of luck certainly is needed. And we all, you know, we always get that with Bristol, don't we? But, yeah, there's our turn for it. And, and Lee, let me come to you. I think I think somebody's mentioned it already. Um, I, I think we certainly were on top on that second half. Uh, and although it went to extra time, it looked like we were the team that would go on. But them going down to 14 men as well, just before the end of the 80 minutes, um, certainly when you're playing extra time, you don't want to be a man down, do you? Do you know what, Tony? I'm glad you, you've actually asked me this question because I, I thought the best time that we controlled the game was when Semi got yellow carded, funny enough. Absolutely. Because we were behind at the time and it was the it was that that was the time I panicked. That was the time I mean I, I panicked throughout the game to be honest, but that was the time I really panicked. And I thought to myself, we could Semi could be coming back on and we could be fourteen points down easily, you know? Um and we controlled the game. And it shows that we can do it when we really set our minds to it. Um, and, I mean, it, it was it was so un-Bristol-like that we actually just controlled that period of time. We actually scored seven points. We got in front of the game. Um, and, I, and I thought that was brilliant. And um, it, it, just, it just goes to show that we have got that in us if if we can keep it going. But we did have a lot of luck. I mean, obviously, Jalabert coming off, um, they're number eight coming off, and they had to play with 14 men, which, you know, to be fair, I, I think we would have we would have really had a tough time if they would have had 15 on the pitch towards the end. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know if, if we would have managed to squeeze through, but 
that's just my opinion. And Pete, uh, what, one other point that just I, I, I just thought of again, and um, certainly when I saw it uh, in real time, I thought, no, that's fine. The guy's been put into touch, but they're uh, they're very nearly scored a try at the end of the uh, first period of extra time. Uh, again, uh, a, a pivotal moment, really. Do you think? Yeah, and and, and actually, it was quite funny because I think the ref was was ready to just uh, call the half time wasn't he and it was the guy himself was like demanding that they have a look at it and we were I was thinking this is a bit you know he's taking the mickey a bit here and then when we looked at it it was so close I mean he was a unit wasn't he there was about three people on him and he still managed to get it down and it was the, the smallest of margins and, and you know if he had a scored then suddenly one score behind who knows uh, what might have happened but no, I think you're, you're really you're right. It was a it was a, a really pivotal point, and there was a there was a Stephen Lua Tua tackle as well at, in the second half, wasn't there? That was uh, when he took the guy into touch when he was going on the outside. There was also another pivotal moment. So yeah, it's a, it a good spot. Um, actually, you asked me about players. One person I wanted to mention because I was thinking about this is I thought Will Capon had a fantastic. In fact, I think all our system players, again, made a big difference. But I thought Will Capon, I don't came on with his cap on, and he didn't miss the line-out, did he? I just thought his technical was brilliant, given the fact he'd been thrown into a really complicated and pressurised situation, and he's got to think of two things, like getting his technical <laughs> stuff right, and also, I just thought he was he was really, really good. Um, so something to think about for the future. Now we know as well that uh, our opponents in the final on Friday the 16th of October um, are Toulon. So um, I, I saw a bit of the, the Leicester Toulon game in the second half. Um, you know, Leicester have had a really bad season really and um, it didn't get much better, did it, uh, in, in France. Uh, Pete, I don't know, did you, did you see any of the game? No, <laughs> I'll I'll move on to uh, I'll, I'll move on to the other. I, I know Miles, you watched. Uh, you I watched did. Somewhere. I watched. Yeah. I watched the whole game. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, nothing is clicking for Leicester since the restart. I think we all know that, and their, and their form has been dreadful. I mean, George Ford missed three pretty much straightforward sort of kicks after a, uh, at the posts, which is unlike him. And you know they've got Ben Youngs and George Ford, which when they click, they're fantastic. They just didn't, and Toulon just schooled them basically. Uh, I mean, don't forget that Toulon have won what three Champions Cups in the past. They're a quality side, and they've got a lot of the French squad in their side. So, I mean, I mean, I was watching that, thinking, Philip, they look better than Bordeaux on current form, and we've got a flipping tough final coming up. So let's not take it away from Toulon. They're an excellent side. I mean, it was a dodgy pitch, a bit like the wreck, but they controlled the game well, and I think we're going to have to. Uh, up our game to another level, I think, come the final. Well, we've got uh, what's that? Just just over three weeks to uh, to to wait for that uh, final, and uh, it's it's going to be such an exciting time. Um, the the only thing before we move on to uh, looking ahead to the games um, this week, we're recording this on Sunday evening. Um, the one 
regret in my heart is that there weren't 27,000 Bristol Bears fans in in that stadium to to witness that in person on um on Friday night and I can only imagine what the atmosphere would have been like in the sports bar after and um it it would have been such a magical night um and sadly, we we we've kind of missed that. And uh, you know, I I would imagine for the the club as well, the money that would have been taken over the oh, quarterfinals yeah. and semi-finals would have been a, a real boost to the coffers. Uh, in, instead, it's uh, empty stadiums. But anyway, let's not dwell on that because uh, if we put the cup to one side just for a moment, uh, in this crazy season, we now face two games in five days that will seal our playoff uh, and final uh, position. Um, so let me come to um, Lee first. Uh, we play Leicester on Wednesday. Um, it's a 5.30 kickoff, so uh, don't get fooled that uh, a midweek game is always going to be a late kickoff. It's 5.30 at home to Leicester. Lee, what are your thoughts as far as the team is concerned? Is Pat going to stick pretty much with the team that we saw um, on Friday night or, or do you think there will be quite a few changes? Well, my first thoughts are it's a perfect excuse to finish work early. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's that one ticked off the list. What's well, that midday, um, is it? <laughs> Perhaps there's the build-up as well. You know, there's yeah. always the build-up for the game. Um, but no, I mean, I think uh, I think it will be a, a, a cross between the kind of um, I think we'll put the strongest team out that we possibly can uh, because obviously it's a massive game for us. We need to we need to win this one to, to you know to have any harbour any chances of finishing the top four. Um, but obviously, you know, the guys have uh, had a hell of a workout. On, on Friday evening and I think that it will probably end up being a, a, a almost like a an amalgamation of the the first team and the academy going into this Leicester game and we've got to remember that obviously Leicester played 24 hours after us as well so I think Leicester will probably be showing a very similar similar squad to to that you know in terms of of what they're going to do so yeah, I, I think we'll be all right, boys, to be honest. Uh, Pete, let me come to you. Um, obviously, there's one game already played in round 21. That was when uh, Bath came back from uh, 20 points to three down at home against Gloucester with little over 20 minutes to play uh, and ended up winning 31-20 and getting the bonus points. So that's put them in a very healthy position. Do you think that will influence um, Pat's uh, thoughts for this game? Well, I think his thought is that we have to get five points. <laughs> that's what his, that's his basic thought. Um, I don't think that's changed anything. And what he's got to do is then is, is plot how can we get five points. I mean, we need realistically two bonus point wins anyway, don't we? Because it's out of our hands at the moment. So um, I think that's exactly what he'll want to do. And, but I think I, I agree with Lee. He's gonna, he'll, he'll put the best team that he possibly can out. Um but there's a few positives to think. I mean, Siali came back. I thought had a great game, by the way. Mm. And I think he may well be, be been, you know, fit enough and, and rested enough, even though he's had a game just to start. Piers O'Connor came on at the end and he's had a bit of a rest. 
Um, Charles Piertau may may be fit again. John Afoa came on the same. You know that we we I think there are big players that could could feature, but it's one of those ones. It's like do we start with a slightly weaker first team in the first half given that Leicester might also start with a slightly weaker team given their exertions and then do we pack our bench with finishers um, and, and look for that hunt for that hunt for that bonus point in the second half so it's it's it's, it's a difficult one and um, you know luckily for us we don't have to make the decisions <laughs> Mark Miles let me come to you I think one person that uh, I'm pretty sure will feature will be Dave Atwood obviously he was uh, left out of the 23 for the yeah. quarter final um, any any other players that you can see maybe um, making a start on uh, on Wednesday night well, I mean, uh, as the boys have said, I mean, it depends on Charles' injury and, and Purdy was injured. I don't know how serious it is. But, I mean, I mean, don't forget, our squad has come on massively in the last couple of years. And you sort of feel confident as a Bristol fan that you've got an amazing player, well, two amazing players in most positions. So I think we're very lucky on that front. I mean, Paul, you know, we didn't, we didn't use our entire bench on Friday night. Yoen Lloyd was sort of warming up and never quite came on, did he? Um, so I think it'd be good to give him some game time. As we know, he's a quality player at number ten or or, or fullback. Um, but I think you know we've got to put out a strong side. Five points, as Pete said. Anything less is not good enough. Um, we need you know ten points over the next two games, and then really we're still 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 in the lap of the gods, isn't it? We're still relying on another team slipping up. So I think Pat's going to go big. Um, but I think we'll have a, a strong bench, yeah, or system players, as, as he calls them now. Spare I bears. think Thomas will start. I think Dan Thomas will start because I think you know the, we've got to, we've got to get in there early in the first half uh, against yeah, Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Get on top of them, and I think Earl will probably have a rest because he probably did have a big. You know, he needs to have a rest. He's had a lot of rugby, um, so I would be surprised. I think. Uh, I think I think Dan Thomas would be a shoe in to start. Um, I think Hughes will start again, just as a big battering ram, because he doesn't he doesn't appear to to get that tired, does he? he just has and, a and also Nathan, Nathan needs he needs to play games. Nathan he doesn't, games, he? doesn't he? And he and he, he has been being taken off quite a lot, Nathan, hasn't he? So he's not had to go through. Whereas someone like Vui and Lua Toa, they're the ones I'm yeah. slightly worried about because they they just do the full. They never come off, do they? Well, I think, so. I, think Pete, I think his concentration lapses, doesn't he, Pete? I think yeah. he gets the thought of a kebab occasion in 60 minutes. <laughs> no, what he does, he starts, every now and again, he starts oh, thinking, what's the name of, no, he starts thinking, what's the name of that bloke that called me out on the radio? <laughs> and it pops yeah. into his head. And well, he, well yeah. now it's going to be, now the name's going to be Miles, not Lee. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I've... I, <laughs> I mean, I, I do think that obviously Joyce is going to come back into the reckoning as well. Um, yeah, I think yeah. you know maybe Joyce and Atwood, you know, in the, in the second row. Um, I, I think it will be as strong as a, a squad as Pat can put out, and I think we, like the, the lads have already alluded to, we need we need f- uh, five points from both games, and still to hope that someone slips up along the way. But hopefully, we'll keep our fingers crossed. 
Well, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. I I reckon there'll be eight nine changes to the team. I I think Pat is going to rest uh, a few or at least have them on on the bench. I can see the likes of Heenan maybe coming in. Um, I can see maybe one of the the backup scrum halves, possibly if not starting, um, having a place on the bench. But I do think we will have that precaution of having some of our our, our top players on the bench. Um, you know, does Capon get a start um, at uh, number two, and you have Thacker to uh, be able to come on? Um, you know, even Luatoa. You know, the guy that that was an immense hundred minutes. Um, you know, do do we have him on the bench to to try and give a bit of a breather? So I I personally think Pat's going to take a little bit of a gamble and believe that Leicester and Steve Borthwick uh, are not going to send a full strength Leicester team to Ashton Gate. They probably only got back from France in the wee early hours of Sunday morning. Um, and, you know, they've got absolutely nothing to play for. Um, and I think Borthwick will uh, maybe send a, a weakened team, have a look at some players maybe for next season and save their first team for their final game of the season, which I, I believe is at home. So so I'm going for, I'm going for nine, possibly ten changes to uh, to that team. Surely Leicester's first team is is their weakened team, isn't it? The way they've been playing this season. <laughs> well, well, you you can certainly argue that. Um, and of course, yeah. the other games I just want to talk about in round twenty one, the ones that really um, matter for us um, on Monday night. Quins are at home to Wasps. Um, now. Uh, you've got to fancy wasps for that, but I'll come to to each of you um, for for one of these games. So let let me come to to Pete for this one. Quins versus wasps. Uh, it's Rob Shaw's last ever game at the Stoop playing for Harlequins. Will that have an impact, or will they just be steamrolled by wasps? Well, wasps have had a, have had a long break, haven't they? Plenty of time to think about it. Um, they're going to want to. Wasps are going to want to cement their top four as quick as they can. So I, I, I would have thought clearly that if they if they get five points, I don't know, I haven't looked at the table, someone could do it for me, but I would imagine that their focus would be get the five points now and uh, take the pressure. So I, I'd imagine Wasps will be full full guns for Quinns. And I'm afraid sentiment's not going to come into it. Um, and I'm sure Rob Shaw would say the same thing. It's just another game and he'll do his best for his club. But I just think Harlequins, they're a bit flaky, aren't they? And I think those 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 like robotic back rows that they've got in for Wasps, those brothers, the Willis brothers or they are, I think I think they're gonna um I think they're gonna steamroll the Harlequins. Okay, let me come come to Lee next then. Um Tuesday night we've got Northampton Saints versus Sale. How do you see that one going? Well, that one could be slightly different because obviously Sale won the Premiership Cup, didn't they, last week? Um, and they put a, put a pretty strong side out. But I would say Northampton are one of those funny teams that if they've got their first 15 out, they're pretty strong, even though I know they've had a, you know, they, they completely tailed off. Um, but it's still one of those teams that can be quite dangerous, given the chance. So, I mean, maybe it's just me kind of like, you know, everything crossed open that Saints might do something. But um, 
yeah, well, let, let's hope they let's hope they do. Let's hope they do. But I don't know. I, I, I think they, so. they played better it. against Exeter, didn't they? Than in the um, court in the Champions Cup quarterfinal. Then uh, yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they might, did, and that might give them a bit of confidence to, to because they are a good side. When you look at their when they looked at their team against um, Exeter, I thought yes, this is a good team. There's loads of good players here. And maybe that is just a little bit of confidence and something, you know, some pride. So I, and I, and I they are better on the they are better on the front foot as well, Saints, aren't they? You know, so I mean, I, hopefully they can do something and you know to help us out. But who knows? All right, well let's let let's move on because then we have the final game of the season. All the fixtures are on Sunday, fourth of October, three p.m. kickoffs. We are away at London Irish. Um, let me come to Miles. Miles, how do you see that? Um, I mean, you know, even I mean, obviously Irish are now playing in effect at an away ground at the Stoop, aren't they? Because they've been kicked out of the jet ski. So they're away. They've got no home advantage. You've got no crowd to cheer them on. I mean, and and, and since restart, I mean, I have Irish got a win. I'm not entirely sure. You can correct me on that. Again, their form, a bit like Leicester and Saints, has taken a massive dip. They were looking a bit tasty for a while, and we were sort of praising a lot of their wingers, especially when they played us. But, um, I mean, I do not see how they are going to uh, sort of st- stand up against Bristol. And, you know, and I think we just bring on the big guns. Last game of the season, must win. And I think we'll absolutely smash them, yeah. Yeah, and and what what kind of team are you, you looking at? You think we'll, well, we'll pay our strongest team for that game? It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, you could say we would maybe wouldn't need to play our strongest team, bearing in mind that on the cards is Premiership uh, playoff semi-final, what, the following weekend? Yep. Um, adding to the fact that we've then got a European final. So, no, I wouldn't like to be in Pat's shoes. Um, I think, you know, I think you maybe see what the result against Leicester is. If we get a five points there, obviously we've got to get five points regardless. I think we'll send a strong seed team, but similar to what you suggested at Leicester, make some changes, a very strong bench, just to make sure we can come on, click in the last 20 if we need to, and just get the five points. So a slightly changed team from Friday night, but strong nevertheless. Uh, and Pete, your, your thoughts about uh, maybe the team for that Irish game? I mean, it's a bit difficult, isn't it, with a, a game yeah. in between to, to, you know, we don't know what injuries or yeah. what, what might happen, I mean, but how, how do you I, see Pat approaching this one? Well, I, mean, I think it. I mean, if we don't get five points against Leicester, then we've got to get five points against Irish just on the off chance that something else might slip up. So it, that he might go, uh, he might have to go big guns, even if they're a bit tired. I'm just thinking about how much gap there is between. There's still quite a long time, isn't there, before our semi-final? There's nearly two weeks. 12 days so, but then of course when's the playoffs if we get into it the, the playoffs will be the following Saturday Saturday yeah yeah oh, it's, it, it is I, I think the trouble is it's a nightmare there's no point you know you've got to get in those playoffs first before you worry about who's going to play in them so I just think it'll, it'll just I think we've got to go we've got to go strong we've got to get five points on each so but I think he'll say what Pat would say is that there is no first or second team. It's a system, isn't it? And, and everybody should should step up 
and be able to to deliver. Um, it, I tell you what, I tell you what's more important. It, I, I think we'll win both games, and it's and I think there's a reasonably good chance we'll get um, five points from each one, but we may still come fifth. And we'll if we do, we will rue that Exeter game, won't we? When um, when we had put a strong side out against there. And when we were we second, halfway through that second half, where we, we could have gone on and won that, I think. But anyway, all right, Lee. Let me let me come to you. Um, the 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 other games this week, uh, or over the final get round of the season, you've got Saracens against Bath. Um, how how do you see that game going? Obviously, Saracens well, out out of Europe now, um, and their last game in the Premiership for well at least a year. I would like to see Saris, and I, and I think they will do this. I think they'll go down fighting. I mean, I watched the game yesterday, and I thought they were quite unlucky to lose that game against Racing. Um, and and I think, you know, they've been defiant all the way through, haven't they? And, you know, I, I have to admit, a little bit of me admires the, the fact that they're actually, you know, they're fighting, you know, they've loaned out players left, right and centre and they're still in there and giving them a real good shout. And, you know, they've got a really good academy, players coming through. Um, I'd like to see Saris and I think they will give 100% for it. So, I, you know, I again, maybe it's just hope, fingers crossed. Um, but I see Saris giving, giving Bath a really good game. I really do because... Like I say, they're not going to be back for a while. So, you know, why why not give it everything, all guns blazing? And something else I read as well, that it's, uh, I think it's Richard Wrigglesworth and uh, Barrett's last ever game for Saracens. Yeah. So, they're you know, they are such a tight team, aren't they? That team mentality, you know, uh, are, are they going to want to put out a, a, a really good performance to uh, to say farewell to those? Um, Pete, let me come to you then. Um, sale uh, at home to Worcester. Um, only ever going to go one way, in your opinion? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think our best bet is, is Saracens, to be honest. And, and that's a pretty... You know, bar for a good side. So I, I think Sale will be Worcester, yeah. No, yeah. no. And, and Miles, no the, the the last game really that that is of interest to us and and maybe could be interesting. Um, Wasps versus Exeter. How are Exeter going to approach that game? Obviously, they sealed top spot, but oh. um, you know, would they want to have their big guns out for two weeks um, going into a semi final, or will they see this as an opportunity to uh, to to hone their uh, match? Sharpness before uh, a home semi final. Well, it's tricky. You're right. I mean, they would have already qualified in top spot, but as we well know, Exeter's second string is pretty much just as good as the first string. On the on, on the right day, they seem to be able to beat many teams, and I think there's a slight glimmer of hope for us Bristol fans that they do one eye over Wasps. Wasps, sorry. Um, but it'll be a tough match. I mean, if, if this is Wasps' last game and they need five points, a bit like us, um, uh, they're going to be a very tough side to beat. And yeah, I, I think, I, I, but like Pete, I'm sort of um, putting my money on the Saracens Bath result, really, more than the Exeter Wasps. And I think Wasps will go strong and, uh, you know, I can see them sneaking a win. 
Okay, right. Well, let's uh, let's get your your predictions then for for these two games. Before we do um, predictions for the Bordeaux game, I am awarding zero points because nobody came up with a twenty all draw after eighty minutes. So uh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> You're going to be full time, aren't you, Tony? Yeah, well, it was full time after eighty minutes. Uh, oh, tw- yeah, the, tw- twenty to points fair, each. To be fair, the bookmakers they always cut it off at oh. ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there we are. Sorry to disappoint. So uh, let me let me come who, to my... who would have won it, though, Tony? Who would have won it? Who would have won it? Uh, well, looking at this, Lee, it would have been you. you oh, you, damn it! <laughs> you, you you said thirty six points to fourteen, but uh, so that's what that's well, what that makers say, Lee. What, so tough. Who was closest to the twenty twenty? Uh, that would have been me. Oh. <laughs> There's okay, a groan so there. Yeah, Pete. We're null and void. <laughs> Pete, you're, you're still not getting anywhere near a yeah. point. But maybe that will all change with this double header. So, Miles, your predictions, first of all, for the Leicester game and then um, the Irish game. So, look, I've written down from the Leicester game, I've written 31 17 to Bristol. Yep. I tell you what, I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to have the same score for Irish, thirty-one seventeen. Why not? Right, Why t- not? two thirty-one seventeen wins for Bristol. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, let me come to Lee next. Your thoughts for Leicester game first? I'm going to go thirty-six twelve for the Leicester game. Yep. And I'm going to go for twenty-eight-six for Irish. Uh, and again, wins both both times for for Bristol. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Pete's twenty five ten Leicester game to Bristol, and thirty five. <laughs> He's going so tactical for this. <laughs> I mean, they're going to get one try, but it's going to be right in the corner and they'll miss the conversion. So what's, what, what score are you saying? 30 points to five? 35 to 30, 30 points to five. Right, so... Um, 35 is, is Madigan would say. <laughs> so for the, the Leicester game, I'm going to go for um, 28-14 to the Bears. Uh, and for the Irish game, I am going to say um, I am going to go twenty six twenty one to the Bears. Um, so there we are; those uh, predictions are in. You never know, Pete. You might uh, you might get two lots there and uh, get get yourself up to uh, up onto the leaderboard. But one final prediction, then, um, and I'll kick this round off. Do you think those results that we've predicted will be enough to get us into the top four? Uh, uh, with a heavy heart, I've got a feeling we're just going to miss out and um, come fifth. So I- I'm going to say no. Miles. Um, yeah, I mean, I was. <laughs> yeah, I'd like. You look at the points difference, and and I think we we've got the least, haven't we? Um, points points with um, so if all teams win the next two games like we are hoping then yeah we're fifth I'm I'm slightly positive that will be one slip up and I think we'll sneak up the fourth ok so you're saying yes we will get in the top four Pete mm. 
Well, I, I think I do think Bath are going to come a cropper against um, Saracens. So I'm uh, I'm going to predict us fourth. Okay, and finally to you, Lee. I'm going with I'm going with the boys. I'm sorry, Tim, but you're out. You're out, And I again, I don't know whether it's just the positivity that's come from the weekend, but I think someone will slip up, and I think that we've done we we've worked so hard this season. I think we might just squeeze in at the last. Okay, so there we are. I'm I'm, I'm the outlier. Then I uh, you know I hope absolutely that i'm wrong um but uh, we'll we'll soon find out uh, in uh, in a week's time you're listening to bears beyond the gate a bristol bears podcast made by fans for fans we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify podbean buzzsprout and many many more platforms if you like what you hear please leave a review or rating for the show you can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bears the gate at gmail.com on twitter we're bears beyond gate and on facebook you can like and follow our bears beyond the gate page now one bit of news i just wanted to quickly talk about was the uh disappointment for those um thousand fans that uh got match tickets for the trial game that was going to be the Leicester at home game um and then within a couple of hours because of the the tightening of covid-19 restric- restrictions um, we or, or the club had to announce that uh, no fans would be at Ashton Gate for that game. Um, let, let, let me come to Lee first. Um, you know, there's been speculation that we may not see crowds back uh, potentially in stadiums for, for maybe up to six months. What what's your your view on that and the the implications that might follow? Well, personally, Tone, I think it's an absolute shambles. Absolute shambles. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we're going to go to this later on in uh, in the GOAT section, but, um, you know, we've, we're at this point now, and this is absolutely critical for not, not just rugby, but a lot of sport. And I'm, I'm really amazed that actually we can, we can still go to pubs, up to 10 o'clock at night and we can't safely fit people in stadiums and I just think it's a complete and utter joke mate to be honest Right okay yeah I mean um, a a good point there people could uh, pack into a pub and sit at a table indoors and uh, watch a game but uh, in uh, a fully air conditioned Ashton Gate um, uh, with lots of space around you, uh, people aren't aren't being allowed in. Pete, what what's your thoughts, and uh, how concerned are you about the uh, what what this will mean for for Premiership rugby um, if 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 we can't get people into the grounds in the uh, you know for months months to come? Well, I think it's it's really vital uh, economically. Maybe not so much for Bristol because we do have a bit of a buffer with Steve Lansdowne, but. You know, rugby is not football. There isn't huge TV money sloshing around. So revenue, I think you might have called it last week on your Bristol Post article tone that, you know, a game like Friday could have brought in about a million quid. Mm. And that's a lot of, that's, that's, that's vital revenue for clubs. So unless they get some sort of subsidy in, from Rishi Sunak, um, I, I really 
I think I really can't see how this can be sustainable. And I think from what I've just read in the media recently, in the last few days, there's a lot of people out there pretty worried in the kind of rugby fraternity about, you know, we've got to have some sort of clarity about what's going on here. And, and also just the fact that from a fan's point of view, whilst it was fantastic watching that game on Friday, you know, it, we, <laughs> we've got into a, a final of a cup and none of us have been able to, to, to see it live and none of us will be able to see the final. And, you know, if this carries on, it's, it's, it's not good for fandom either. And, it, you know, it might affect people's, you know, they might people might lose interest. I don't know. So I, I totally agree with Lee. I cannot understand how you can not only cramming people into pubs, but then the fact that at 10 o'clock, everybody goes out into a massive crowd yeah. <laughs> into the street. Um, and it's not controlled and it's not organised and it's loads of, like, students and whatnot who, who aren't thinking and and if you go to a rugby ground it would all be organized and it would be and also by definition this is i sound a little bit harsh here by definition it will be people that are listening to instructions and doing as they're told because they're kind of you know there for a purpose so i i, I think this this story may that may evolve but at the moment it just seems crazy i brutally and Miles, and also, some, sorry, Miles, sorry, something I, was, I was just going to ask Miles, um, you know, I saw some speculation today that if fans aren't going to be back in stadiums till, um, you know, March, April time, whether yeah. that we should consider um, postponing the start of next season. Now, the, the fixture list is supposed to be out on Tuesday for, for next season's premiership, but somebody makes the point that if you get two thirds of the way through a season... Um, and have you know you've lost all those home games? Uh, you know how, how can teams hope to survive? Um, but if you delay the season and potentially means you can play some more games um, and get crowds in, is that worth doing? But will that kill off things potentially like the Lions tour? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I think we read the same press this morning that there was a, a talk of. Um, but you know, delaying delaying the season. I mean, we already don't quite know when the championship's going to restart. Um, I mean, they really don't have the sort of sugar daddies that the Premiership have and the rich owners. So, I mean, it's even more devastating. They need the the income from their gates, um, and, and it's really odd. It's, I think it's just devastating that we suddenly at the last minute have pulled all the fans um, for going into sort of open spaces, well ventilated stadiums. I mean, even even Lee would probably Tony forego having a beer at a stadium if it meant he can go and see a game and he had to wear a mask the whole time it's you know uh, we, we, well, we just adhere to the rules and but uh, it is odd I mean it's whether really you know the Lions tour and the Autumn Internationals mean more than the Premiership but they're not going to get any revenue either are they there'll be no ticket sales um and I don't know, you're right, fixtures are being announced early next week and I don't know what, what if, there is, if there is some talk about delaying the season. It's, uh, I think everything's in a bit of a pickle. And Pete, but just... Tony, sorry, Lee, go on, but carry Tony, on. I mean, I mean, you have to say, you're looking at the crowds in France, right? Mm. There's more than 1,000... There was way more than 1,000 fans at the Toulon game, right, at the weekend. Now, we're, we're being told we're already two, two weeks beyond France in terms of covid mm. um i mean we need to get all this stuff right because i you know it's 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 absolutely disheartening when we're not watching games 
and then uh, you know actually in the ground and then we're watching games on TV and we're seeing fans in the stadiums and mm. and it's like we need to get some parity with all this stuff because it just doesn't feel right the fact that you know we can't go to a stadium where we all know and I'm not just talking about Ashton Gate we, you know we've got 27,000 uh, fans that we could we could get in there I'm not talking about Ashton Gate I'm talking about fans across the board. We could safely do it in this environment, and and you know it would be it would just make complete sense to be able to do it and to be to be completely cut off and not be able to do it at all. It's absolutely gutty. I mean, the thousand fans that could have watched the Tigers game. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were they were almost given the golden ticket, and then. You know, snatched away. It, 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 you know, as soon as they got got hold of it, it was snatched away from them again. And it's like, it's it's just absolute nonsense for me. Okay. Nonsense. What about what about Bath? I mean, if you talk about us. They haven't even got roofs on their stands, <laughs> <laughs> and they got and they and they've all, and Bath would have already got in the caterers and everything else for the yeah, thousand fans. Yeah. You know. Mm. So it feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth, doesn't it? To see the French in all these, none of them in municipal stadiums, aren't they, with multi-use, there clearly is no ticketed seat, which is why they're all sat next to each other hugging. And it feels just awful, really, the fact that, you know, our very well and organised stringent seating regulations in, in British stadiums mean that we have to have allocated seats. So we'd be perfectly set up for reduced fan social distancing. And... You know, it's just yeah, see the French going to stadiums is just like oh, it's, it's, it's dreadful for us. That course, one, one thing I didn't think about was that you know the bath game and that being called off. Um, gosh, how many prawn sandwiches and volivons <laughs> must there have been going in Bath on uh, uh, on that for that game? Blimey, we should have should have nipped round there with me packed lunchbox. Um, well, well, guys, it, it is depressing, um, and um, you know it. I'm sure we will talk about this a lot more on the podcast in the next few weeks as as things become a little bit clearer. But hey, let's let's not end on too much of a downer because you know we we are seeing a historic season for Bristol. Gosh, I I hope it isn't too long before we can get back to Ashton Gate. Well, boys, that's nearly it for tonight. I'm going to come to each of you in turn, and I just want you to give me one word that sums up that your feelings from the game from uh, Friday night, that fantastic win over Bordeaux. Let me come to Pete first. Fantastic. Ah, <laughs> uh, Miles. Uh, I'm going to go for ecstatic. And for you, Lee? Magnifique. And for me, it was historic. So that's it for the podcast for this week. We'll wait and see how the Bears can do with these two vital final league games of the season. And we'll be back next week to round up that uh, regular season and hopefully look forward to a playoff place in the semi-finals of the Gallagher Premiership. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next week. Mm-hmm.